Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Adam Peacock here with Brad Haddon. Hads, good weekend, mate. How are things? Peacock, great weekend. We're going to have a look into the big bash. We're going to give him an unbiased view, actually, on who will play the Sixers in the final. We, we... <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be good fun, but we've got a bit to talk about with the first test uh, against the West Indies. No, we're going to ignore that unbiased view. What we <laughs> will do, though, is uh, get Hads' three kind of breakout stars, ones that have surprised him through the Big Bash League. This season, we're going to review the first test between Australia and the Windies. We'll get Hads' memories of when cricket and footy collided because there was another example of it over the weekend. We've got our risers and fallers and plenty else to get through. Thanks always to everyone who has subscribed to the show and those who follow us on social media. Find us at Willow Talk Podcast and on TikTok and Instagram. We asked a question on Instagram not long ago, how would you go about facing Paddy Cummins? Now, we've got some great answers, Hads, like Frank, who said <laughs> hockey goalie pads, then French-style st- French, uh, cricket. Zach said, kick my stumps over and walk off. Shannon said, become the captain of my team, and then once I'm on strike to Cummins, declare. That seems a bit dramatic, doesn't it, Hads? Well, he'd be moving the game for because Paddy usually bowls about the eighth <laughs> over. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Connor said, threaten to cut trees down if he bounces me, Connor. <laughs> Come on. Well, that's a low blow, us. Connor. Yep, Connor's been watching a bit of Sky News <laughs> after dark. Anyway, um, but the best was from Ollie, who sent in a video. Now, have a listen to this. We're going to chuck the video up on socials a bit later on, but here's Ollie's version of what he'd do facing Paddy. How would I face Paddy Cummins like this? Overcover, six, go set, champ. <laughs> that is magnificent ads. <laughs> go fetch champ. How do you reckon that would go down with the Australian captain? Mate, well, what about his feet moving? He walked into his line, <laughs> then he gave himself a little bit of room outside leg stump, then he him over cover and said, Paddy, go get that champ. But I tell you what Paddy would have is a right of reply. <laughs> and what happens next? Get under the next ball quick, young fella. Get under <laughs> the next ball quick. Oh, magnificent. Now let's get into the Australia uh, Windies review. And it wasn't Paddy who was the star with the ball for Australia this time around. Australia win by 10 wickets and Travis Head was magnificent. But firstly, had to what Josh Hazelwood did with the ball. Are you any bit surprised? Not one bit. It's interesting to, to watch uh, Josh throughout the summer. I, I thought one of the best he bowled all summer was at the MCG. I, I thought he was outstanding. He went past the, the outside edge consistently. He tra- challenged both sides at the bat. He, he just couldn't get the results he's after. Paddy was outstanding there. He, he got 10 wickets. And and with this bowling attack, and, and we've spoken about it so many times, that they just complement each other as well as any three ever to play the game. And and once he hit Sydney, it, it looked to me that he w- went half a foot fuller and then he started to get the rewards. He, he'd hit the stump. He, he'd challenge both sides. He, he'd get um, the outside edge. And, and he had, was outstanding in Sydney. And he just backed that up again in Adelaide just with the lengthy bowl. He just looked like at stages in that innings, and it was tough to watch from a West Indies point of view, and we'll get into that in a moment, but he just looked like he was going to get a, a wicket every ball. Mm. Yeah, he he did it at uh, the SCG, and he's done it on numerous occasions at Adelaide Oval. 
the biggest uh, case in point was a few years ago against India when bowled them out for 36 or whatever it was at Adelaide Oval and, and Josh went straight through them there. But, I mean, if, if it's not Paddy, it's Josh. And if it's not Josh, it's Mitch taking a strike wicket with a, an amazing ball. So it's it's pretty hard to contend with. And on the flip side, you get a guy going like Travis Head did. Now, Hads, is there anything like showing off in front of family and friends? It would be a great feeling for Trav. Oh, well, what about that test match? And I, I tell you, being there, Adam, was interesting. He's a real cult hero now, Travis Head. When he walks to the, the wicket, people are on the front of their seats. He, he's a true entertainer of the game now. He's He's got the mo. He's been compared to... To Booney, the way he goes about things. And I tell you what, if he keeps catching bat pad catches the way he did, he, the comparisons are going to be even more enlightening. But time and time again, under pressure, on a surface that was difficult to, to bat, it was, it, was, um, it was doing enough off the seam to, to challenge it. He, he just turns the game around. He, he plays his style of game that no matter what the surface is, he takes that out of the equation. He attacks straight away. They go after him with the short ball, which he's found a way to get through. And then if they miss their length there, they're not hitting his front shoulder or just at his ear, he'll pull it for six. So they've got to be right on with their execution because the way he's playing, that the game just doesn't stall. Um, he puts the pressure back on the opposition. And to get 119 on that surface under the conditions was just an outstanding knock. And I tell you what, the hill at Adelaide Oval, they loved it more than anyone. The beer stakes were getting longer and longer while Travis Head was out there batting. So unbelievable knock from Travis. Did you get sent out there on commissioned by Triple M to get out there amongst the throng or because you had your Giorgio Armani suit from Fox, <laughs> you got out of those roles and you were just uh, going with the high rollers with the prawn sandwiches oh. and champagne. Well, you know what? This took 15 minutes longer than I thought uh, this to come up. But <laughs> no, I was, I was in the comfort of the uh, commentary box. I did, I did have the opportunity to interview Travis Head be, yep. before the start of day three about um, the the way he plays and, and, and what he thinks about in in the middle. And, and I think at the moment, he, he's just really clear in his role, but with that role he plays, you've got to have a really strong support staff as well. You've got to have strong selectors, strong coaches, because as we've seen through the Pakistan series, there's going to be times where he does things that probably don't look that great for test cricket, but what he does bring under pressure at the moment is some serious, serious class and, and momentum changes in matches. It's unbelievable. We all know that a, a test century buys you so much time and gives you so much credit in the bank in the eyes of selectors and, and your teammates and everything has. But it, you just get the feeling with Trav, he plays the style of cricket in this team that, okay, in another era, if he went five or six test matches missing out every test match, he'd be under pressure. But the way Paddy and Andrew McDonald have this team set up, it's, no, you got this really defined role. And even through a dark time, like darker than what he had against Pakistan, they're going to back him. They're going to know that an innings like that at Adelaide Oval is is going to come about. Do you like that way? Because it's a pretty new school way of thinking as opposed to an old school way of thinking. I, I absolutely love it because what he does bring, he's, he's an out-and-out match winner. And I touched on it before. He takes the wicket out of the game. He, he takes the, the wicket out. The, the bowlers have to be really disciplined in what they're trying to do because – he gets away from you so quickly. He's always looking to score. It's not It's not orthodox at times, but mind you, it's um, highly effective. Thoughts on Steve Smith and Cameron Green in their new roles? I actually think Steve Smith's going to work as an opener. I, I really think um, a lot of talk coming out of the, the camp was how energised he was. 
Um, he was really looking forward to the opportunity. And, and that's a that's a pretty big thing for someone who's got a record like Steve Smith. He, he could have stayed at number four. He's earned the right to bat where he wants to, to be perfectly honest. But to go up the top, had the challenge. I, I, I think we're going to see some really special things from Steve Smith as an opener. He started a bit tentative in the first inning. He's got a couple of really good pull shots away, and you thought, okay, he's away here. So, yeah, I, I think he didn't get the runs he wanted. He was not out in the, the second innings. He had to uh, deal with going out and chasing a small total where we know he likes to, to bat long periods of time. So that's something he'll need to get used to. But I, I think he's going to be effective. And Cameron Green, we just had to find a way to get him into the team. Uh, he, he'll grow into that role as time goes on at number four. and just put a scenario where Green, Head, and Marsh all go off in one test match. How good would that be to watch that? The entertainment value, the time it'll allow the bowls in a, in a game to, to set the game up. So yeah, all in all, uh, he'll be disappointed to get out, but I, I like what they've done with the batting order. Yeah, be fascinated to see how it plays out if India bring their best paceman next summer if that's the the four five six and see if it does happen in the same test match in a huge test match with with all due respect to the second of this series at the Gabba but there was a guy that we want to see again definitely I'm looking forward to seeing him play again Shamar Joseph they, they look like they found one there Hads what did you take from his performance and and what can he be in the in the years to come I tell you what I took from his performance it was an unbelievable story He's only played six first-class matches. I think 23 months ago, he's a security guard. I tell you what, though, watching him in the field, when if he was a security guard and you nicked something, he's running you down inside 50 metres. He was an unbelievable, unbelievable athlete. So yeah. he, he played the game with a, a smile on his face, and he's very humble in, in what happened. He said, that the moment I got Steve Smith first ball, he said, this is like a dream come true. So... Everything was a huge event to him. His family back home um, didn't have TV not so long ago, so they, they were finding places to to watch the cricket. The story was amazing. He got his five wickets on debut, got 30 runs. He entertained um, the crowd with some proper number 11 slogging, which is always fun to get the crowd going. So he's got to back it up now. The, the one thing about test cricket, he, he, it's ruthless. Um, the Aussies would have had a good look at him now. They, they know what he's going going to offer. And now he's going to have to trust his skill to be able to get through mm. this Australian team and had a good look at him. So, but it was a great story for for the West Indies. They were pretty disappointing, to be honest. They're they're outclassed uh, by the best team in the world by a long, long way. So, yeah, it, it's it was a good story. Yeah, uh, first player to take a five wicket haul and score thirty plus runs on Test debut. It's a great story. And uh, yeah, Shamar and also Amir Jamal, the the. Pakistan, I'll call him an all-rounder after his knock at the SCG. These are the guys that are going to make you really appreciate watching touring teams when touring teams are supposed to, you know, get beaten. These are the storylines that we like to see. So I'm um, happy that we've had the chance to see them. But overall, the West Indies, I mean, with a guy like Joseph, what's to say in 12 months' time? You mentioned his, his background there. Uh, it's not as if they're all... Off to buy uh, Maseratis because he's played one test match. The thing that's going to get him that kind of lifestyle is the T20 circuit. So how do the Windies make sure that this guy plays 50 tests instead of in two years' time he's given away test cricket to go on that circuit? Because he can he can fill up. He's got the talent, it looks like, to to fill up on that circuit. Yeah, and, and that's a problem that 
the West Indies face uh, with, with the ICC, make, making sure that these teams like the West Indies stay strong. Um, they've got to find some way to to make Test cricket attractive to the West Indies players. Is it the ICC stepping in and, and helping with payments? The the thing with the the West Indies is that they've found a a real niche in the 2020 mark because that they're, they're great athletes. They're explosive. They love the the highlights of of 2020 cricket, but for the world game, we, we need West Indies test match cricket being strong. It, it was, it was hard to watch actually, Adam, it was hard to watch the batters competing with, I, I know they're the, the best in the, in the world, this Australian team, and they're a well old team and they're at the top of their game, but it, it was hard to watch at times, the lack of probably skill, the, the West Indies had mm. to stand up to this um, Aussie attack. I think it's one for an off season podcast has a, a kind of special about how distributions are made and, and the divvying up the pie of, you know, let's be honest, ICC, they give out the majority of the money to India because they bring in the majority of money because of their broadcast deals when with ICC competitions. But I think there's a lot to be said for a tier two nation, which pretty much everyone outside, with all due respect, everyone outside England, India and Australia, the cricket boards, you know, they're, they're scratching around for a bit of coin. So do those cricket boards come up with a list of 20 players that the ICC can subsidize and say, here, we'll subsidize you to the tune of, you know, each player earning a minimum of 300, 400 grand. I don't know what the figure is. I don't know what the game can afford, but it's got to that point. Otherwise, we're just going to see the only series we're truly going to look forward to, unfortunately, is India and England. And that's boring. Yeah, you're spot on with what you say, and and we probably haven't got the the time to get right into it now. But they 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 got to start to to find ways to to make Test cricket profitable for um, plays like like the West Indies, and and I don't know the answer yet. It, it could be where you open a window, like like IPL. You, you might open a window where for three months of the year, this is where you're playing all your Test cricket, um, and, and then it makes it attractive for for teams in the West Indies where they have to get their players in and around yeah. to, to play that time. There, there's so many things we can look at. We need to throw a few things on the table and and hope a, a few of it stick because we have to get teams like like the West Indies competitive now for, for Test cricket to survive. Mm. We're going to have a summit, Hads. We're going to have a Willow Talk yeah. summit. I think around April. April Sun yeah. in Cuba. Let's go and yeah. do it in Cuba. No, yeah, we're going to have a summit about the future of cricket. And, yeah, like you say, well, it works for football in a kind of strained way with – the, the international windows that they have. Hey, just one thing out of Adelaide Test on the West Indies before we move on to the Big Bash. BC Lara down in the nets, the masterclass on Fox Cricket. So if you haven't seen it, go and it, it's up on KO and all of those things, and I'm sure it's on social media as well. But I saw one shot he played. It was like it was back the early 90s watching that innings he played at the SCG when all hope evaporated from Australia's cause of getting the bloke out and he just put on a clinic. What was it like uh, down there watching watching Brian go about his business, even though he's long retired. I'm actually still in shock. Um, Adam, <laughs> we, uh, Michael Vaughan and I, and Heels actually, she came down also to to interview Lo- Brian Lara while he's playing the shots. We're, we're putting the bowling machine balls in and I was nervous that I was going to hit him. He's 54 years of age. He said, no, no, a bit quicker, had bit quicker. So what we're trying to do is replicate Hazelwood, Camo and Starkey. And so what speed the, were you going at? Man, they're 70 miles. Oh, I'm not facing it. But that, that wasn't the, the – the point out of it was the science and the way he thought about batting, how he 
he changed his feet position to, to different bowlers. The mindset he had, if he's facing Paddy, for example, saying, okay, he's going to be relentless at this period. He's not going to give me um, balls to score. I think I've got 36 balls of this. This is where I can get off strike. Okay, Mitchell Stark comes on. This is my opportunity. This is my opportunity to score. I'm willing to, to get forward and look for the drive here, here, and here through the covers, backward point with, the, with his pace. And the science and the, the way he set up his innings, and I'm sitting up there feeding the balls, um, listening to what was going on, and I'm thinking, oh, I, I didn't think like that. I, I was never <laughs> thinking like that much detail of, of what went into to building a great innings. And his appetite once he got in was extraordinary. How, how he tempoed his innings, how, how if he got through X amount of balls, 50 balls, well, today's today, I got 180. I've I've got yeah. I know exactly what everyone's doing. I know exactly what they're trying to do to me. So he he was a different league. He he was the best batsman at the test match. <laughs> With all due respect to Travis Head. <laughs> well played, Travis, but that was a masterclass by Lara. Because with him, is it a case of immediately he identifies with whatever bowler is coming on, with whatever field is set, he has got three shots that's gonna score more, three and a half shots potentially if he gets a certain ball. And he's like a computer. He, he computes it all so easily. Is that how he, he operates or is it another way? Yeah, the, the, the real science behind it was, let's say, for example, you, you had a Hazelwood bowling to him and he knew he'd be a bit back of a length. So he, he just changed his setup a, a little bit to get his alignment right and he'd play more off the back foot. His scoring options uh, might be a cut or a back foot punch and, and it's a risky strat- shot if I drive, for example, if I overcommit on my front foot to a hazel or something, that brings slips into play. But then if a Starkey comes on who bowls fuller, uh, yes, it's going to swing, but that's my opportunity to drive. I'm going to commit more on my front foot and my movement on the front foot to, to score around the ground. And this is where I open the game up. So it, it was a real science around what he was trying to do. But the, the one thing that did come out of it as well, he was always looking to score. He was always looking for ways to score, how to break the opposition down. And it mightn't be you break them down in their first spell. It might be if I get through this spell, not playing these shots, I'll get them in their third or fourth spell. So it it was a a great insight. And and any young batsman or any cricketer, uh, by a matter of fact, go go out and and listen to that and you will learn so much uh, from just that little segment with Brian Lara. Big Bash. Hads, Sydney Sixers, magenta. You're going to be in full regalia on Wednesday night out there as part of Fox Cricket's uh, coverage. Are you going to wear a magenta jacket in sequins just to celebrate the fact that they're hosting another final? Oh, you, you like to make it sound like it was hard work to get here. I, I think we're always going to get to this point that the Sixers were going to be the first <laughs> uh, in the final. We. Another, <laughs> another sold-out crowd at the, the SCG. I look at Sam, the producer, shaking his head at me. He's sixes through and through, I know that. <laughs> we all are. But I, I tell you the interesting thing and the, the most impressive thing about the Sixers, they had not one player in the team of the year. Yeah, well, biggest compliment this, you can get. Well, it probably wasn't your first thought when I showed you the team on uh, our group chat <laughs> when the swear words come back. You went, "How did he make it?" And so and so did. But it does go to show: is this the Sixers' way? I mean, they've only missed the finals three times in thirteen years. It's their seventh final, having won three titles. So them and the Scorchers have been trendsetters. It's not the Scorchers' year this time yep. around. How have the Sixers found a way with this list? Because they lost one of their best players halfway through, who coincidentally, before he went, he also got suspended 
for charging an umpire. So, you know, it didn't go all their way. No, it definitely has to. Oh, the, the one thing about the DNA of the Sixers is that they trust each other. They trust each other under pressure. They trust their systems um, when, when they get challenged. And, and that's been there from, from day one to now. I, I think Moses captained the team with, with some really good cricket smarts. I, I think he's been a, a huge difference in this tournament compared to others. You've got to remember with the Scorchers as well, that they lost Turner, who's tactically up there with Moses with, with the way he manages a, a, a 2020 match. But listen to, to Moses on, on the mic, the, the way they have confidence in, in their bowlers, like Sean Abbott, for, for example. He never gets an easy over. The only time he bowls, if a team's gone off in the first part of the game, he's got to bowl and bring it back. He bowls in the power surge and he bowls a death over. So it's just they got a real clear clarity on their role. But what they also do, they have a trust in everyone can do their job. And one of the big differences being you talk about Curran. Yes, he was suspended. He's a huge loss. But a player like Daniel Hughes comes in. He wasn't in the original setup. He wasn't there to mm. to start the season. And all he all of a sudden he's come in and he's given them life, whether it's yeah. opening or, or number three. He's played a really mature knock and, and it's just allowed players to, to play around him. So, yeah, it's been in their DNA for, for some time, uh, the trust that they have in the group. Now, we're recording this before the prelim final between the Strikers and the Heat on the Gold Coast. Gabba unavailable, of course, because of the Test match. So by the time you're listening to this, the BBL final will be set, but it won't involve the Scorchers. Are you shocked at that, Hads, that the, the Perth Scorchers won't be involved? Well, if you have a look through, they, they had a few injuries. They obviously lost, lost Richardson. Uh, they lost their captain at the start of the, the season. And and the, the big loss to me for that was Evans. He, he sort of... Painted over a few cracks with, with the the batting. He, he got him out of jail on on a couple of times. Oh, I'm shocked that they haven't gone probably another game further. But this strikers team, they, they've won five in a row, and we'll get to them in a minute. But yeah, the the Perth Scorchers have have just fallen short, which is rare for them. That their, their squad depth's been been challenged this year, and it probably hasn't come up as as much as it has done in the past. But um, yeah, they had no Bancroft. Bancroft was a big player for them last year. He was a real consistent run scorer at one, two or three where they could bat around and play that highly aggressive game around him. So yeah, they've um, they've had a, a year that they'll be disappointed with. They still made the finals, but yeah, they'll be disappointed. Yeah, we're going to dive in on Wednesday. Lisa Healy's back with us. El Capitan. We've got a few things to talk oh, about with her. Us back. But, uh, skip the aggressive us back. Captain. We're going to... <laughs> yes, very. <laughs> Who made some friends, not over in India. But no, we will talk more in depth with a with a wider lens uh, about the BBL uh, later in the week with uh, El Capitan. But just a quick one, strikers heat. So you make the last three, it, it means a successful season, i.e. not a Melbourne season, not a Melbourne club season. So <laughs> yeah, anything you want to say about those two, by the way, Hads, before we quickly move on? Renegades, you just, stars. I think you just covered it all. <laughs> Fair enough. Because um, the Heat, you you look at, I mean, their first game of the season, they were without a few players. The Strikers as well, they had players dip in, dip out, and they found a way. When you set up a, a Big Bash squad, is it about those variables that you know you're going to cop, i.e. players leaving before the end, and you need 15, 16 rather than a, a top, top class 11? Yeah, he's spot on. You, you have to have squad depth to to go deep in the tournament. The the teams that are 
that go well have consistent teams throughout the summer. But the Heat are an interesting one this year. They've flipped their form guide on their head. That They usually start really slow and and start to find some form at the back end of the tournament and and challenge for finals. This year, they've started on fire and they've come a little bit of a hurdle the last couple of games. They've got two losses, but they've got some match winners in their team. You've got Spencer Johnson. Nice has been outstanding. Renshaw played this game as, as well. And another thing, they, they would have got used to the Gold Coast wicket. That they had a look at it against the Sixers. They know what they're going to get there now. That that's a big change. You, going away from your home base when you play all your games there. That that's a huge change. That, you turn up with a a little bit of unknown. You can do a few practice games there through the uh, leading, but to to go away from your home base where you've played so well, you know the little pockets. You you know when the dew comes in. That that that's a a big thing to to get over for a team like the Heat. So. They've got match winners. Um, Jimmy Pearson comes in. Uh, Munro's obviously gone. Jimmy Pearson can can play a role up up the top. We we know the the sort of player he's in finals, and they've got match winners. So that that's the one thing that they've still got there. But they've been hurt by depth. So uh, by the time you listen to this, you'll know who'll be playing in uh, the final against Bradley's Sydney Sixers in Big Bash Thirteen final. Um, I've been one eye we'll, today, as mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> Wait until later in the week. Far out. Anyway, producer Sam's going to do a special report from from the game as well. I get back on Wednesday from uh, four weeks away. I don't think it'll go down too well if I said, Rach, mind if I nick off to the cricket tonight to go on? <laughs> well, if you say I'll take all the kids, it might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Actually, I'll try that. Thank you, Hads. Great advice. But just before we have a little breather, Hads, give us three players – that have kind of not surprised you, but come from left field to make a bit of a name for themselves and potentially it might mean something bigger for them in their cricket career given the summer that they've had in the Big Bash. Uh, Dorcious Jack Edward Silk. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're after? The don't wear... Yeah, oh, I, sorry, okay. Sorry. If you're going to go down that, <laughs> you can only choose one from the sixes, all right? All right. One okay. out of the three. What about uh, Jack Edwards' catch the other night, by the way? Yeah, he, he's a very he's starting to trust his body, Jack Edwards. He, he's going to be a really good cricketer. Good. Okay, the first one it, it's a different one because I'm going to put Cameron Boyce and Lloyd Pope as one, and the reason why I'm doing this is because you need two players to replace Rashid Khan. And if you look at the way the strikers started their season, they were really lost in the middle overs and the late overs. That they weren't sure how to set the game up. The bowlers had to bowl a lot different up front because they had to get wickets because they didn't have Rashid Khan. So it took them four or five games to get an understanding on what match style worked for them. And as soon as they brought these two into the team to bowl to get together, they complement each other. Pope's outstanding with his change-ups. He's got a, a really aggressive wrong, and that's that's hard to pick, especially for new batters coming in, similar to how Rashi Khan could, could beat a tails with the way he taxes stumps and, and players trying to read him. Then you got Boyce, who's a different spinner, oh, probably socks very similar with the pace they bowl. They're mm. really, really slow. Um, batsmen have to use the pace, and, and they've, they've got to make game. So those two, since they've come in, has been the start of this winning streak. They, they've won five in a row. They've needed two players to replace one, and they've got their style right. So that's one. Second, I'm going to have to go the strikers captain. I think 
You look at the game, and the papers are a bit cheeky, actually, in Perth, and it's not the first time they've um, thrown shots like this. They've said, oh, it's a one-man band, Matt Short. Yeah. If we get Matt Short, we, uh, we, we win the game. But what I like about Matt Short is he's developed a game all around the wicket now. We, we know he was really good leg side. He picked up length as quick as anyone in the country and and targeted the short boundaries at, at Adelaide Oval. But now he's got a, a game hit down the ground. He's, he's bringing his cover drive into games if they have a pitch. But the big change in his game, he's got a game style to play spin. He earns the right to hit him. He works him around. He hits the gaps well now. And then he had the the boundary shot with his slog sweep. So mm. I think he's been absolutely outstanding with his game style and his captaincy. I'm going to have to find a sixes player. I, I can't. Yeah, I was going to say, there's it. two out of three and there's no one out of the sixes. So who is it quickly? Well, Daniel Hughes, actually. Oh, you mentioned him before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I think Hughes, he wasn't in their, their team to – to start the season, he he was he was on the bench. But go back to last year when, when Moses had some time out. He he was captain. He he got some really good runs. That they, they brought Curtis Patterson who, who took his spots early. They they went with him and and left Hughes out. He got good runs then when he was needed. And this year they've lost a few players. That they've lost Curran um, at different times. That they've played with their list. But he's been outstanding since he's come back in. He, he's. His strike rates up on, on previous years have been hard to bat around him, and, and he's he's got that experience. He, he's got a calm head. He, he's good for the captain. So it was a hard only to put one sixes player in. Jack Edwards gets a, a, a little half vote. So does Dorcious. Mm. Uh, so does Sock. Oh, sorry, sorry, I'm, do, I'm doing mm. it again. Daniel Hughes. Thank you, Hads. We're back <laughs> in a moment. <laughs> So, Hads, on Saturday in New Zealand, the annual Black Clash event was held. It's an exhibition match between team cricket and team rugby full of former black caps and all blacks, but each team was allowed one wild card player. Team rugby had Brian Lara, not a bad wild card player. And team cricket flew over champion rugby league halfback Jonathan Thurston, who made 17 and took two for 59 off uh, with the ball. Two for 59, he got spanked around a bit, but took some crucial wickets. And all of this... And by the way, did you see Brian Lara get out, second ball? It was a no ball. It was a no ball <laughs> with the front foot about eight feet behind the front line. It was a no there's ball. Too, there's call, too mate. many behind square. <laughs> exactly. So he stayed in. Sorry. So it got us thinking back to the time a certain footy legend, like Jonathan Thurston, similar ilk, rugby league immortal Andrew Joey Johns played two games for New South Wales in the old – T20 state competition. Now, I reckon this was the year or maybe two before the Big Bash became the Big Bash and Cricket Australia got serious with it. It was when T20 was just literally a hit and giggle, Hads, where it was really enjoyable it looked like to play in and the result didn't matter as much. Can you remember the time when you got told that Joey was coming to play with you? Like, did you actually believe it? Mate, I remember the time he got out of the car in the morning of the game, he, I think he was coming from his, uh, I think it was Danny Badiris's wedding where he, he rolled out of the car and I thought, oh, this ain't going to end well. So he looked no like sleep. he just got home for from that. But I, I tell you what it is, it, it's a brave decision to do it. Like if you <laughs> yeah. go down, if I ask you to go down to the nets and say, okay, let's go for a hit at the nets, we'll put all the gear onto you, but you, you're going to face Ben Hilfenhaus and Brett Lee. Creates a lot of anxiety. And ma- imagine Sean Tate rolling his arm over 
<laughs> at Joey. So first and foremost, yes, it was entertainment. Um, and we played the game in Newcastle. The crowd was buzzing. And Joey was brave. He, he stood in front of uh, Ben Hilfenhaus. He, he said to us before the game, oh, what would you do? Um, I was captain of New South Wales at the time. What would you do um, if I come out to bat? I said, mate, I'd try to knock your head off. I, I said the same thing you'd you'd do if we were playing a, a league game against you. You'd send buddy big chief running at us. You, you'd make life uncomfortable. So you're in our sport. They're, they're going to try to hit you in the head. They're going to try to hurt you. Then so, he dry reached. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hads, did you get the feeling that he thought it was a great idea when he accepted the idea? I don't know whose idea it was in the first place. But then when it actually came to it, he went, oh, shit, what have I done? Yep. I got that a little bit of that feeling. But the second game, I, t- I tell you what, he, he was sober for that. And, and mate, Ben Hilfenhaus <laughs> went, went after him a, a little bit. He played a couple of cut shots. He went one over the top and – Hilfie's a bit of a competitor, and and uh, I think they had a bit of a confrontation where Hilfie said something. I think Joey might have said, "I'll drive you," or, or something like that. But mate, it, it was a brave effort to to step out of your comfort zone like that, take on a another sport. Um, mate, I will tell you what, he was. He's a good fielder. Yeah, or well, hand eye pretty good. Yep. Halfback rugby league. That that Hilfenhaus story. It reads: Joey says Hilf told him he's taking the piss and bowled him a bouncer. Joey cut it over slips, then told Hilf. How about I spear tackle you in the middle of the pitch and see how that flies around? Does that sound like the truth or you yeah, were out there? Yeah, that sounds close enough. Uh, but as I uh, said, it was uh, mate, it was great for the game because 2020 at that time, you, you didn't know how serious we were taking it. It, it. it wasn't the beast that it is now. So for any sportsman to step out of their comfort zone and, and have a crack at another elite level, it's a pretty big play, so uh, hats off to him. Um, Hilfie went after him a bit. Joey was quick. Uh, I think Hilfie being from Tassie didn't realise how quick Joey was with the tongue, so uh, he, he came back yeah, <laughs> just as quick. Well, Hilf, he would have been able to handle himself, though. He's a big boy, wasn't he? he? He would have been able to handle himself against Joey or he got snapped. Nah, no cricketer in the world can handle himself against a league player. Mate, they're a different breed toughness to cricket. Oh, I reckon the late, great Andrew Simons. Would have been able to. And Matthew yeah, Hayden, it, if you gave him an Yeah, excuse. but it, it, it's different skills to, to be able to stand in front of someone at 150 and, and, and counteract that or, or have someone be brave enough to stand there in front of someone running at you at, at 120 kilos. So, mate, each each sport has their, their own strengths and their own different versions and toughness. But it, it was a big effort, big effort from Joey to to get out and stand in front of uh, – some or well, Hilfenhaus was at the peak of his powers actually at the time. Okay, Hads, give us say you're selecting and you've been called back to play in a you know a charity match, and you could choose like they did over in New Zealand on the weekend. You could choose one athlete from another sport to have a crack, and you'd be willing to put him in at number six or seven. Oh, another batsman, a batter at six or seven. Oh, actually, I tell you, um, at, I used to play at East Cricket, and a couple of times we played East Rugby League. And Braithen mm. Nasta was very handy with the bat. Yes. So he was one that could handle himself a, as a cricketer. So I, I wouldn't hesitate to to put Braith there. Yeah. Brad Fittler could play as well, apparently. He could uh, he could hold a bat, so back in the day. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's AFL footy players or whatever. We might put it out to the listeners or might not. I don't know. Depends if Sam wants to put this out on social media. What athlete would you like to see have a crack at cricket? Uh, I th- the other one was uh, who was the big forward for the Lions? Was it Jonathan Brown? 
Jonah, yeah. Yeah. He, he came in a couple of times and bowled to us in the nets, and he looked like a nasty bugger, actually. He's a big left armour, um, <laughs> and, and he was a bit in the mould of, of Mitchell Johnson. As in, I, I don't okay. think he was too worried about getting us out. <laughs> I think he had a real appetite to put a ball through our rib or our grill. So, yeah, before he bulked up to be the uh, AFL player, the superstar he was, mate, he was uh, yeah. he looked like he had some serious pace. Yeah, he's country Victoria boy, so he would have grown up idolising, uh, you know, Murph Hughes and all those guys. So The other one as well, and New South Wales Rugby League, we probably could have used this for many years. I found Cameron Smith's kryptonite, the yeah. number nine for Queensland. Was in Macram in swing in Yorker. <laughs> That's right. It's in that game at Junction yeah. Oval where yeah. was him trying to be nice to him. He's bowling in sunnies. He's bowling at about yeah. 125 k's an hour and he just went clean through him. Yeah. So after the 20 years we've watched him destroy New South Wales, yeah. calm under pressure, doesn't sweat at all. We found his kryptonite. It was an in-swinger. Yeah. Yeah, well, exactly. It wasn't. You can't complain to can't complain to the ref or the umpire about that. No, all due respect to Cameron Smith. It was a no ball actually. He, he, uh, he could control the he could control the umpires. Yeah. There, he's a genius. He just annoyed us for a very long time as New South Wales rugby league fans. And for those who don't know rugby league, apologies for the last ten minutes. But you get the drift of what we were talking about, and it was a magnificent time in the history of Australian <laughs> cricket. Andrew Johns playing for New South Wales in cricket. One time he probably can't remember and the other time he definitely can. Rises and fallers has. So as we sit here right now, Australia are just about to play their first match of the Under-19 Cricket World Cup against Namibia. Has the Under-19 World Cup really kicked off in 1998, just before your time? So you never got a crack at this? No, I never got a crack at it. My, my last tour for Australian 19s, oh, I tell you what, it was great education actually, was to Pakistan. Mm. And oh, yeah? our coach was Alan Border. Oh, I tell you what, we learned yeah. the hard way how to train properly. <laughs> it was an interesting <laughs> tour actually. I, I tell you how it started. That We, we played a, a practice game and, and mm. I was captain. So I, I went out to toss, toss the coin. We, we lost the toss and, and they said that, we're going to bat. So what happens then? You, you go in, you get changed, you, you come out in your field in a tire and a couple of batters came out. Both teams came out in their field in a tire. I, really? I looked at them and they said, I said, what are you doing? They said, no, we're bowling. I said, you said you're batting. And, and before I uh, was going to argue the point, I thought, bugger that, it's that hot here. So they changed their mind. So they decided that they were, um, they were going to have a, a bowl first. So we batted. And in that game, we did really well. We, we played well. We, um, we, we got the result. We had a pretty strong uh, Australian 19s team. But leading into the game, there, there was a couple of articles in the paper about a few guys had um, been in a bit of trouble for playing 19s because they were too old. Oh, I don't know how they did it with their birth certificates. And anyway, they got in a bit of trouble. But we won that game pretty easily. And I don't know how it happened, but those three guys got cleared. And they were in the first test team that we played. <laughs> oh, really? How'd that go? Well, what do you do? You just roll with it. We were over there for experience. Another <laughs> game, you'll laugh at this. We bowled a bloke. Yeah. Not out. <laughs> How? <laughs> well, I don't know. And, and I was captain. I went up uh, politely and asked the umpire. The, the Matthew Winnis was the um, bowler at the time. He, he grabbed the bales and he sort of threw them near the umpire and said, why are we playing with this? And the umpire politely said on the on the ICC committee, not out. 
and they put the bars back on and <laughs> the game kept moving. WG Grace. Mate, we, as 19-year-olds, we, we didn't really know how to react. Like, Who was in yeah. this team, by the way, Hats? Uh, you had guys like uh, I think James Hopes was in, in that team at the time, yep. Matthew, Matthew Innes, um, Michael Klinger. Yeah, we we had some um, we had some quality uh, cricketers in there, so um, mate, it was good. It was a good fun tour in the end. Mm. Yeah, you get that a bit in other sports sometimes that um, underage and under twenty threes are in under nineteens, and if the player's late to the ground, you say where where were you? I oh, was just dropping the kids off at school. <laughs> so yeah, um, <laughs> it's a bit unfortunate the birth certificates in certain parts of the world uh, are a secondary thought when it comes to playing underage. Events like that, AB with so you said the training was was brutal, was it? So he he was there to develop you a harder edge about these talented young cricketers who might have thought that they were the best thing since sliced bread, but you you had to learn how to be a cricketer day in day out. Mate, we we learnt how to train. Uh, I tell you what, AB was outstanding for for that group, uh, and, and he's mate. You you remember the. The, the late eighties when when he was playing had to stand in front of those West Indies quicks, mate. Everyone's got that much respect for Alan Border, but I, I tell you what, after training we we were exhausted. Every day he worked us to, to the bone, mate. It was great fun. It was a great learning. And we thought, what are we going to do here? We're, we're not allowed out of the hotel. And finished training, we're all dragging our backsides up to the hotel. He goes, meet in my room, and he had a suite because AB gets what he wants. We thought, oh, okay. Go in there, AB sitting there, he goes, walked into his bathroom, it's chock-a-block full of Fosters. How good. So we go, have a beer, sit there, and then A-Boy told us war stories for hours and hours. We just look, like sit there like little kids, like holding a beer, too scared to look away. <laughs> so, mate, it was a great tour yeah. there because we, we had AB there. Oh, what a <laughs> what a pleasure that would have been. That would have been a good episode of Willow Talk. We've put the microphone on for, what? you know four hours and, and listen to that. Fantastic yep. stories. And shout out to AB, one of the greats the great. of Australian sport. By the way, Australia haven't lifted this trophy since 2010. Meanwhile, India have been in the past four finals and have won two of them. And has don't look at the sheet. It's on the, your sheet as well, or you already have with these no. names of players. Okay. No, no names here. Name, give me two players who have won both an under-19 or a, and a 50-over World Cup. I can only give you two. Over Walker. Oh, I know two. Marshy yeah, and Hazelwood. Okay. Give me I think one they more. They won then. at New Zealand. Uh, Kane Richardson, he, he didn't win a 50 over. Star, no, we can't. Finchie? George Bailey? I'll give you a million bucks if you get another one. Coley. From Australia. <laughs> Coley did do it. Yuvraj <laughs> <laughs> Singh as well. No, one more from Australia. That's listed on this sheet here. Producer Sam's done all the research for me. Gigi going good. You one more. I say George Bailey. That was the era just under me. Listen, listen, listen. Xavier Doughty. Yes, there you go. I'm a million bucks down. Well done, Brad. Actually, you've got a. <laughs> well done, well done. Uh, Fallers got to mention Harry Brook. Unfortunately, it's personal reasons he's pulled out of uh, the tour for England against India, but I'll, I won't put Harry Brook as a faller. He's obviously got his reasons why he's not going, but I'll put England's chances as a faller without him over there. Now, obviously, they've got a bit of depth with their batting, but uh, you need your best over there. Really looking forward to this series. It would be fascinating to see how Baz Ball goes against India in those conditions. 
Yeah, it will be fascinating. It'll be fascinating to see how India react if baseball does start to, to work for a session because we've seen that they put enormous pressure on oppositions. They, they did it in Pakistan, the rate that they scored. So, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating uh, series. Brooks a huge loss. Uh, you, you want to see your best players in your marquee events. So, yeah, he's um, mm. a huge loss. But I tell you what that might do, actually. That might clear up a selection issue for them because you Meaning? have to play your best keeper um, in, in those conditions. And I think Ben Folks is that. Um, yep. And he plays spin well. He's had some really some great success actually in the subcontinent. So that means both he and Bairstow now, I think, can play in the team, same team. Okay. We'll see. And, uh, you know, we'll see what um, happens behind the stumps with Johnny Bairstow because uh, you're always a chance of getting stumped in India, let me tell you. Any that just keeps giving, hats? doesn't it? Oh, Not the, a fallers. <laughs> for the rest what, of time, it will. <laughs> I've got another riser actually. Oh, another it's riser, sorry. A, yeah, a little sneaky one I've seen in, in the Herald on the way in today. ACT Cricket. City Morning Herald. Yep. Yeah, ACT Cricket are putting their name up to to be involved in, in whatever form, whether it be Big Bash Cricket, State Cricket. So I, I think that's a, a riser for the game. We, we haven't had change oh, for 100 years, and I, I think we've got the talent around Australia to um, definitely fill those teams. So... They got, they got great facilities there. Yeah, just watch that space, I think. Yeah, it, uh, Dan Braddock has written the article. It's saying that ACT Cricket are, are making a claim to Cricket Australia that they deserve a go just on the basis of the constitution. And, you know, they've yep. got nearly a, a population that deserves a cricket team, both in the BBL and maybe Shield as well. It did down the bottom say as well that uh, the, the ACT Comets and mentioned that in the old Mercantile Mutual Cup, I think it was back in the day, and saying yep. that uh, yeah, Brad Haddon got his start in it before he went to his spiritual home, which is New South Wales, because he was born in Queanbeyan. Didn't mention all that, but, you know, I thought it when I read it. But it has, in all seriousness, it all comes down to one thing. Are there enough players to fill another team in domestic cricket in Australia? That's That's the key. Well, hundred percent. And if you if you are starting starting something, you just say, for example, look at the Sixers. That they got at, at the start, they they got development and their game style, um, right? How they want to play the game, and, and look what they've done. The Thunder probably haven't got that right or all that stuff to to lead into long term success. So yeah, I, I think yeah, watch your space. I, I'm a bit biased in, in this one because ACT cricket was really good to me. I, I was lucky enough to. To start my career playing in the Comets, um, we, we got exposure straight away to the to the Victorian New South Wales and and all those those competitions in the Mercantile Mutual when everyone else was trying to make their their mark in grade cricket and second eleven cricket. So I was lucky enough to to go straight on that stage. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about uh, what I read in that article. So yeah, let's watch that space and let's hope it's a positive outcome. Hads, that's Willow talk for this episode. Good luck to your sixes on Wednesday night. Our sixes, Adam. Our sixes. Who's our? You're you're an imaginary friend there, do you? You're a sixer. Who are you? I'm Switzerland. I'm neutral. I don't care. Maybe you're the Maybe you're the Comets' number one ticket holder when they come in. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. Cheers, ads. Cheers, everyone. Have a good week. Stay safe. (laughs) 